Welcome back to another episode of the QB Spotlight Podcast. We are in the midst of our off-season mm-hmm. countdown, off-season series, as we are going through schools across the G5 landscape and previewing the quarterback competitions. And there certainly are a ton of quarterback competitions across the way. Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, co-managing editor, Underdog Dynasty with you. SB Nation's home for G5 football coverage is a cheap plug, but you're not here for that. You're here for this man. Our quarterback guru, former small-time QB, but, you know, big-time QB analyst, Mr. Stephen Hamner. Steve, how's it going, man? Eric, what's up, dude? Man, always rocking that cutoff shirt, man. I got some cutoff shirts to send you, by the way. I, first off, first off, I, I appreciate the fact that you have some some cutoff shirts. Uh, I am I am investing in some some sleeve shirts that can uh, some good polos. I, I have learned, uh, you know, for the listeners out there, you guys can educate me. I, I've learned that, you know, once your age turns to a three, uh, once your age starts with three, you got to invest in some solid like Under Armour polos and khakis. That's the look of. Which, no, is that like this? I mean, just something, man. You know, like. Um... But if you got it, flaunt it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate on you. If you got it, again, <laughs> again, man, this is not a. If you got it, flaunt it situation. This is a. It's not. Do Steve, you lived in Florida and you live in Texas. Does does the word humidity mean anything to you? I I, I understand. You can always. Steve, I, very, very random question. You uh, you a natural sweater or you you stay cool? You 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 QB stays cool under pressure. Yeah, you know me. I can. Um, I'm pretty chill, uh, but I, get, I mean, I'm a guy. All guys get hot, kind of, right? Especially like- I did. No, 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 no. We're not going to get too sidetracked, but I'm here to tell you the guys who are listening who are sweaters understand the pain. Like, if you're a dude who naturally sweats, and I don't care, you ain't got to be, you know, a big 330-pound old lineman to naturally sweat. Like, you know, you can just be – some people are naturally just sweaters. And I am – I Steve, I'll give you an example. You know those guys who go, go in the gym and do every lift and they don't break a sweat, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Nah. Nah, I'm, 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 you know, I got to have uh, a QB towel on me to pat uh, myself down. Yeah. So that's why there's this thing called humidity. I, is I, if I can keep it, you know, get a little breeze going, that's the, uh, that's the, the way to go. But uh, uh, before we jump into things, how you doing out there in Texas, man? I definitely want to see uh, how uh, the Lone Star State, God's Country Street. God's Country is doing well. Uh, once you come down here, you might not go back to Florida. We'll save that for another conversation. Okay. <laughs> But uh, we're good, man. A lot of good spring games. Uh, a lot of good spring games going on in the Texas area, and so it's just good to have football in the air, even though it's raining down. The offseason is coming around. It's a different offseason than last year, obviously. So there'll be football talk in the offseason, as opposed to are we going to have a football season talk, right? So that's kind of a, a good feeling, encouraging moving forward. So uh, definitely excited about the, this offseason. The last thing I'll ask, uh, you guys are pretty much back open down there, right? Things are feeling a little bit back to normal? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, we still walk around with the masks and, and everything, but, um, but yeah, that, it's probably similar to Florida, right? It's like, hey, be smart. Well, I, well I'm, I'm asking for a selfish reason. You know, Conference USA Media Days are held in Frisco, and uh, it's nice to get out there. And, um, you know, that's a really good, fun event. The uh, the open bar is always nice when they, uh, when they have it. You know, you get to see – some of your favorite CUSA uh, media personalities, but more importantly, some of your favorite CUSA coaches. You know, they, they didn't let their hair down at the, uh, the open bar. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, that will be an event that will uh, – last year was canceled, so this year I'd like to get back out to Frisco and uh, have a little – dude, are you familiar with – oh, come on, uh, Rudy's. Rudy's Barbecue? You familiar with that? Oh, 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 listen. See, I didn't know. I didn't know it's a thing down there. Uh, yeah. You, you, you'll have a Rudy's Barbecue at, like, a gas station driving by. I'm trying to think of, like, a floor – like, a – I don't know how I would compare it to Florida, but it, it's a, you know, it's 
not 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 a pub sub, if you will, but it's it's uh they're all over the place. So yeah. Rudy's barbecue is uh they're the ones who cater that event. So yeah, listen, you know Florida, not a ton of great barbecue down here, but I, I like Rudy's. So hopefully I'm not uh, speaking blasphemy as far as the barbecue um pantheon. But but without further ado, before we get uh too carried away here, Steve and I will start talking about food and uh it'll be dinner time. Let's uh, talk about some quarterbacks here. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of, you know, piggyback off of last week's episode. We previewed some teams that were going to get into their spring showcase or spring games or spring contest. There's always some sort of idiom that they want to use to refer to their um, final spring practice or as they're winding down the spring. Um, why don't we go ahead and start with Western Kentucky? You know, a guy we've talked about a lot, Bailey Zappi, Tyrell Pigram, last year's starter. Still don't necessarily fully know his status. Uh, I would go out and follow Jared McDonald um, from the Bowling Green Daily News. He is the Western Kentucky beat writer. All things Tyrell Pigram. You can all things Western Kentucky, but specifically Tyrell Pigram status. Follow Jared. The last thing I saw from him was that he had entered the portal, but was continuing to practice with the team. However, Pigram was not seen on the sidelines for the spring game. So, you know, Steve, I'm pretty sure that um, you know we kind of got the same intel that the person who was taking most of the snaps was Bailey Zappi. Before we get to Bailey Zappi as a whole here, because you know. When you bring in Zach Kitley and you bring in his entire offense, you know he's going to be the guy, right? A little bit worrisome on your end that, like, we don't know who a number two is going to be out there. You know, I mean. Yeah, I think, I think for any program you should be, right? Like, because all it takes is, Lord, heaven forbid, like one some one bad play and the quarterback's out. So you you, you got to have a number two. They have – that's an interesting point. They, they had a good uh, recruit a year or two ago from, like, the East Coast area. The name blinks me. Maybe you, you remember it. But he, he's a, he was a good athlete, good time, good recruit. So maybe if he can develop. Uh, but, yeah, ha- not having number two uh, is, is definitely concerning for any program, whether you have a good quarterback or not. The reason I bring that up is because while Western Kentucky's quarterback play, you, you might not be able to say it's been quite, you know, Brandon Dowdy <laughs> level, Mike White level. They've always had a solid stable of guys, right? Guys who had playing experience, you know, whether it was Davis Shanley, Stephen Duncan, Kavaris Thomas, um, Tyrell Pigram. Now, you know, it's Bailey Zappi or Buzz. So we will use that to transition into Mr. Zappi. Had a little bit of a rough outing, but again, it's, it's a spring game. So I'll let you take it away from there and, you know, kind of break down what you saw. Yeah, so admittedly, me and you are probably in the same boat. We probably we probably only saw like clips of each game, if anything. So we probably you know we, we read about it, and uh, the big takeaway was four interceptions for Zappy. And if any Western Kentucky fans are to be alarmed by that, I don't think I would be. Um, I know two of those were off of tips, so we should clarify that. It's exactly yeah, two were off tips. Uh, and to a simple fact, if you were to go back and look at like like Joe Burrow's spring game before he had his Heisman winning uh, season or any of the, any of these quarterbacks have these big seasons. If you look at their spring games, it's probably pretty pedestrian, maybe not four interceptions, but it's probably n- nothing that's going to blow you, blow you, uh, blow you away, if you will. So I'm not too concerned about it. Of course you, you want him to come out and have a good performance. He's probably a little bummed that he didn't come and show out, but uh, if anything, it makes his stock lower. So you can kind of invest more in it in, in the, with the mindset that when the season comes around, uh, it'll pay off down the road. Um, but nothing to be concerned about. Of course, you want to see a better performance. Um, but again, only 15 practices there, even though it's his offense that he knows, it's new players, even though there's several of his players there. So I think have summer, have fall ball. And then once the season comes around, I would not be concerned at all. It's a spring game. Uh, so not too concerned. I don't know what your thoughts were on, on that, Eric, but uh, I think it's you'd want him to play better, but you're not too concerned either way. 
I leave the quarterback breakdowns to you. The only thing that I will kind of chime in here and add is this. You got to remember with a new offense, it's not just a new offense for the quarterback. It's a new offense for everybody. So in the spring, it's going to take time. You know, uh, that's the, 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 the big takeaway for me is it's not just a quarterback. And well, it's in, we, you know, transparent. It's not a new offense for Bailey Zappi. It's a new, it's an only, only new offense for, you know, the rest of the guys coming in with him. So um, I especially, you know, that's system that they're running, give the rest of the players time to develop. And, um, you know, he's thrived in that system at Houston Baptist. So I, I certainly think that um, he'll be able to play a huge part in that process as far as getting everyone on the same page, him and offensive, sort of, offensive coordinator Zach Kitley, excuse me. So, Kind of my thoughts there, but why don't we go and transition to the West Coast? Or um, I think you can, you can consider Utah the West Coast, right? Or we said the mountain mountain range, right? Like <laughs> past Texas is West to me. I'm like, okay. anything past Texas is West Coast, right? Head out there, Blake Anderson, his first spring with the Aggies, Utah State. Andrew Peasley uh, took the majority of the snaps out there. Of course, you know that Logan Bonner, former Arkansas State Red Wolf quarterback, will be joining Blake Anderson out there. Uh, kind of your thoughts on that situation, which you saw from Peasley. Yeah, so I think uh, I think it's encouraging because he played pretty well. The, the stat line, uh, again, don't put too much stock into, into stats and springing, but he was 16 and 24, 234 yards passing there, three touchdowns and one pick. So I think it's uh, from the box score stand, uh, point of view, it's nice to see him uh, relatively pick up the offense and able to to move the offense downfield. Uh, Bonner, uh, I don't know, he, he tweaked something, some type of injury that he had in, in the spring, so wasn't able to compete. Uh, so I think that competition will really ramp up uh, in the fall and Bonner is back into it. So I think it was good for Peasley to learn the offense and show that he can play within the offense. And once Bonner comes back, I'd imagine he is able to pick up the offense fairly quickly. Uh, so again, not a ton of takeaways from the Utah State uh, spring game, but something to touch on that, yeah, Peasley had a good showing, but the competition is really going to heat up uh, this fall when Bonner is able to kind of come back full force there. We'll take a hard shift here. We're going to go from Utah to South Florida, head down to Miami and Florida International. Saw three quarterbacks. Excuse me, saw four quarterbacks, actually. The walk-on, Isaiah Velez, took a couple snaps. But the three were in the quarterback competition, Max Bordenschlager, Hayden Carlson, Kalen Wiggins. I know you had a chance to kind of get a, an eye on a couple of things. We'll quickly shout out Anthony Yero, a kid who's doing great things here at 305 Sports. He tweeted out videos of uh, all the, all the um, passing attempts, excuse me, um, from each quarterback. So I know you had a chance to get your eye on those. So I'll let you take it away there, and then, you know, kind of, you know, go back and forth as far as uh, certain things down there with Butch Davis and the Panthers. So I think my biggest takeaway was it was good to see uh, Max have a better performance than what we saw, you know, in the, in the season last year. And so we didn't see any deep shots necessarily. We didn't see uh, any big plays, but we saw him run the offense. We saw the, a little bit of the RPO scheme. I think it was probably like most spring games, a little bit um, kind of watered down, if you will, is kind of the basics, but we saw some quick passes. Uh, one throw that, that we missed downfield for Max that we would like to see completed. Uh, but I think if you're Max, you got to feel encouraged about your performance. Uh, Kalen Wiggins, he, what was he, three of five, three of six, somewhere in that range? Uh, Kalen was three of six. Yeah, so kind of. Hey, so really quick, I'll just I'll jump, jump in and throw the numbers really quick. Okay. Kalen, three of six. Uh, Hayden Carlson, one of five. Gordon Schlager, three of five. Yes. Three of five. Yeah. So, again, not like a ton of takeaways from film because it was so, like, condensed. But I think my biggest takeaway was just the fact that Max got out there and he has to feel encouraged moving forward. Um, and then, you know, we still have the summer and the fall. And so I wouldn't rule out, you know, Hayden or Kalen or even Grayson James coming in, even though he'll be the, the lower man on the t totem pole, if you will. Um, 
but it was nice just to see a different offense, even if it wasn't like executed to perfection, right? I don't know if that's if that's what the fans think, but it was at least some different schemes in the offense, and something was you know at least changing. So, uh, FIU fans are not eternal optimists like you, sir. So to, to say that that's what the fans thought that that that's not what they thought. But uh, we're not here for what they think. Steve, really quick, can you you use the word condensed twice? Can you kind of elaborate that for the viewers, for the listeners? So it was it was like you know he had uh, Max had five. Five attempts. Uh, Kalen had six attempts, and Hayden had five attempts. So there wasn't like a chance to get in a groove or a rhythm. Whereas the last quarterback we talked about, Andrew Peasley, had 24 attempts. So let's say he started one of five. Well, he didn't start very well, but he would have had the time to work out of it and then go 16 and 24. So any of these quarterbacks is not allowed to stop how they played. I just thought it was encouraging that Max showed a few good things, but it's nothing to look into because five attempts. I mean. Like if you go one of five, you could end up the game going twenty to twenty-seven. You know, so uh, that's see, that's what I wanted you to elaborate on a little bit. You know, again, yeah, I think I don't want to say we put too much stock into spring games. You know, it's the first time that you know really the public, unless your program of choice, programs you're following, you will open up certain scrimmages that you really get a chance to see everyone in that game environment. But I personally, I put more stock into the way the players around them play and put a goal in that spring game than necessarily the quarterback, especially if you have a competition with three guys. Because you told up, so then we had, what, uh, quick math here, 18, uh, 5, 10, 16, 17 attempts, right? So even that is still a small sample size, you know, you know, into 20, 25, 30 attempts. So, and you had 17 attempts total. So, you know, kind of difficult to take away certain things as far as that's concerned. Um, one other thing I do want to ask you is this, um, and this is not necessarily just an FIU question, it's a general question. Do you have a preference as far as your spring game, as far as whole field versus half field? I mean, that's one thing that you can say, you know, as far as FIU, uh, some of the things they, they did, um, they, they were choosing to start a little bit further up, you know, towards like the 35-40. And then, of course, if they had a penalty, they would go back and then try to drive the length of the field um, versus I saw some teams that were just running like, you know, half field. So do you have a, a preference? Do you think it really matters? I do have a preference. I know every coach, <clears throat> they do things differently, but I think, the closer you are to a game feel, a game environment, I think the more realistic or the more the better read you can get. So, for example, Ohio State's <clears throat> excuse me, Ohio State's spring game this past Saturday, or maybe it was two Saturdays ago, whenever it was, there was like a spring game feel. They had the kickoffs, they didn't return it, but they had a, the kickoffs, and then they had the the, the full length of the field to drive, and they actually had like teams going against each other. Then they would plug and chug, of course, but it wasn't like an offense versus defense. So. Um, it was like a, a real game feel. And I think when you are in that environment, not just from like a number standpoint, but from kind of what to elaborate what you talked about, you can see what quarterback has control over the team, what quarterback has command, how are players reacting to him. Like you can get a better feel for the situation as opposed to a guy going or, or a team just playing half field or, okay, you get eight snaps regardless what happens. So I like the feel as, as real as a game feel as possible is what I prefer because it's more realistic. Um, but obviously they're way smarter coaches than, than me out, out there that do things differently. That's just my preference. I'll quickly give you my POV. I am a fan of, like you said, making the situation as realistic as possible. And the reason I bring that up, Steve, is, you know, we talked about FAU spring game a couple weeks ago, right? What FAU chose to do was split the teams in half, right? You know, team white versus team red. I can't remember what they you know, called their teams, but you know, they had like a senior captain on each t- each side and they drafted players. And that's fun and engaging all those things. But then what happens if you're trying to assess your quarterback play? You got quarterback X and they're behind 
your starting left tackle, but your third string right guard, you know, when he's done a draft like that, right? So maybe a little bit hard to assess, but again, coaches have their reasoning behind doing all of these things. With that, let's go and take a trip up. Uh, what would that be? Um, 95, probably go 95 to I-10 uh, to get to Memphis from uh, South Florida, if memory serves me correct. Not that I've ever driven. Uh, I have a firm belief. There's no need for me to drive from South Florida to Memphis unless I'm uh, I've broken the law, and there's a need for me to drive that far. They, they, they invented planes for a reason. But if we were driving, uh, we would end up at the Liberty Bowl with the Memphis Tigers. Uh, you know, four-man race there, if you go and take away and give your thoughts. And, Rook, we're all over the place ge- geographically. I think, I think you take 95 to 10, and then what's called 50 takes you up through Jackson, Mississippi, then up through Memphis. The only right. reason was because I was uh, played in Mississippi. But um, – so there's your, there's your geography and your roadmaps for the, for the uh, podcast. But, uh, again, not a game I had a bunch of eyes on. I think the biggest takeaway was the offense was pretty – is it Vanilla or Manella, Eric? Help me with, like, if I'm trying to say <laughs> is it Manella or Vanilla? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's Vanilla. Uh, the reason – so you have, like, a Manila envelope. Um, but, but the reason I laughed is because they, they can – mean something similar that manila is like a, a plain envelope right so just by happenstance you might have gotten in the same they're in the same family but the the phrase you're looking for is vanilla offense vanilla offense plain offense i won't use that analogy again from the worst but um so i think it was a pretty plain offense the the, the takeaway of the headlines from the articles we we were reading was defense and running game shines the running game did well defense did well you had four quarterbacks that played uh keelan brown i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing his name right started the game um, and he did, it, it said he had some good things with his legs. Him and Peter Parrish had a pick. The only touchdown was from Grant Gannell, so not a lot of takeaways there. I do still think it's Grant Gannell and Peter Parrish that will be uh, one and two for the, for the competition, but I don't know if anything's closer or if someone's pulling away or not. Uh, I get, that's probably one that we won't find out till later in camp, but something to keep our eyes on because if they have good quarterback play, they could be one of the best teams in America uh, again. So. Staying in the South, let's head to Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh, going to take away there with your thoughts. Uh, almost said Butch Davis. I, I, I see so many people mix up the Butch Jones and Butch Davises, right? Yeah. Almost said Butch Davis. Got the, uh, the wrong one there. But um, Arkansas State, thoughts there with uh, Butch. Arkansas State. So, uh, obviously, Blaine Hatcher back. He had a few touchdowns. Uh, I can't remember if, he, if I saw any interceptions or not. Regardless, regardless of the box score of his stats uh, in the game, James Blackman's coming in the summer, so I think that's when the competition's really going to heat up, kind of like Utah State when Logan Bonner is able to go full force. Um, so, again, not a ton of takeaways. At least he had a few touchdowns. Getting to know uh, Butch's offense a little bit uh, more, uh, but James Blackman's coming in, so I think that's one that we won't find out until late in the fall. Again, kind of like many of these competitions or many of these schools we talked about besides Western Kentucky. Hey, Steve, random sidebar here. We tried this on a Shulable podcast and got, you know, a little bit of positive feedback here. Man, what is your, whether it's in your, you know, professional career or your playing career, uh, I think playing career would be better if you have one, but either or, worst or like just a very idiosyncratic travel story? Travel story. Huh. Do you have one? Off the top of your head, that's what I can think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll give the one that I gave last week. Um, so obviously different, you know, audience, different listenership here. Um, I actually have a few, but the one I, I, that happened last week, uh, the one that I gave last week, and I think I, I told you the story off here. So heading to 
opening week, FIU at Liberty, Lynchburg, Virginia. Lynchburg, not going to have very many direct flights. As a matter of fact, it's a one-gate airport. So you have to fly to Charlotte, and then you go from Charlotte to Lynchburg. Unless, of course, you, have, you got the money for a private plane or you're Liberty University and you're at the athletics program, right? So fly from, from Sunshine State to Charlotte, no problem. Uh, really quick, have you been to Charlotte Airport? I think I, I asked you this off here. Uh, the Charlotte Airport, um, it is the seventh dimension of hell. <laughs> it is, it, it, Steve, it is a massive, like, airport, but also it's massive in the sense that all of like the gates and terminals are on the same floor. So they have signs there, right? Where let's say you, you're at terminal one and you need to get to your incoming flight, right? You fly in from Florida and your connection is in terminal five and you, you land in terminal one. And when you walk off, they have a sign that says terminal five, approximate uh, walk time, 22 minutes. Well, that's a problem if like you're trying to make your connection and it's only like eight minutes, right? So uh, I remember, um, and 22 minutes is like, that's the time for a span from one terminal, from terminal one to like terminal two or three. Mm -hmm. It'll go up to like 45 minutes, right? So I uh, got in and I'm having to haul behind through the airport to get from terminal one all the way to terminal four, um, only to find out there was a medical emergency coming off of that flight. So we all were delayed. So luckily I made it in time, but I learned very quickly that my legs were out of shape. <laughs> you're gonna get to terminal four but anyhow like the real you know kind of nightmare scenario in lynchburg fiu had issues getting to lynchburg with their flight as well um i fly in the little small you know 40 seat plane and dude you cannot see outside it's pitch black mm -hmm. and the pilot comes on and says in order to execute this landing uh, i'm gonna need all electronics off i need uh, not just and you know airplane mode I need them off. I need your cell phone off. I need your, go and get your laptop, turn it off, right? Thank the man above, we land safely. Now I'm trying to get back out. Steve, if you're trying to get from Austin, Texas, and you know, Mrs. Hamner's busy, you know, with, with baby Jay or the family and whatnot, right? And you know, your car is not available. You, you, you might, you know, use that little app called Uber on your, you know, your phone, right? It's the airport. Correct. Yep. I got a 7 a.m. flight out of Lynchburg. So I'm thinking, all right, it's a one gate airport. Mm -hmm. Ain't not gonna be that much security. Uh, I'll I'll get up at five to get to the airport. You know, five forty-five, six o'clock, whatever. You know what doesn't ride on a Sunday morning in Lynchburg at five a.m. Uber. Nothing, sir. Nothing. No Uber. I call a taxi service. They laugh in my face. They say you're trying to get a taxi Sunday morning this time before noon. Yeah, you got to book that two days in advance. So now it's pitch black. It's five something in the morning, and I'm thinking I'm, the airport is like six miles away, but it's up a hill. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, all right, I got to start walking, you know, thinking maybe I can get there 30 minutes before my flight and be fine, right? I'm walking in the dark up this hill, right? In Luckily, Lynchburg, Virginia. In Lynchburg, Virginia. Correct. Yes. Luckily, I got a hit on my Uber about 20 minutes into my walk. You know, the guy, the one college kid who goes to, to the university there, uh, I said, dude, I, yeah, I'm the only person who drives Uber like this early in the morning, like it, on Sundays. So that's my nightmarish travel story. So um, I know I went a little long-winded there, but I'm wondering if, if you got one in, in your experience where it's just like, man, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Wow. That's a, so I don't have any from the plane days because you're always on the bus or flight. Bus. So, you know, bus, flight, whatever it may be. Um, my worst travel experience with that, I think it, it relates to work. I might have shared some of, of the story before, so I'll keep it PG here. 
Um, but with work, we, we travel to spring training, every spring training to check on our players. For those that, that don't know, we, we work with a lot of baseball players. And so during spring training, we go and check on our players and, and we'll talk to the medical staff, kind of all that jazz, make a spring training trip. And uh, usually we'll fly into Tampa and Florida, and then we drive throughout the, uh, the state of Florida because spring training is all over the place. Arizona spring training, much nicer uh, as far as the drive because it's all 45 minutes from each other. But anyways, I digress. So we fly in late to Orlando for some reason. Um, we fly in late to Orlando. As opposed to Tampa, it's 12 o'clock. We don't have – it's St. Patrick's Day. We don't have any um, – we don't have any rooms checked. We don't have a rental car. We just kind of show up. So it takes us an hour to get a rental car. We call a hotel. No one's picking up. No one's picking up. We finally get a hotel through Expedia. We show up at the hotel. They don't have our information there. So long story short, we end up staying at some random motel off the side of the road that, uh, you know, you, you have to shower like six times off of. And it's like 3 a.m. And so that's kind of – that was a, a horrible story and a, uh, or a horrible night's sleep because we had to be up super early the next day, be professional, and meet with, um, you know, professional teams to kind of interact. Um, and we had like three hours of sleep. We got cockroaches crawling on us. That was a bad trip. And then also in Arizona, we almost missed our flight. I actually had to drive down the wrong side of the road with people honking at me just to get there in time. What? <laughs> names like saying – so and so and so and so this is your last chance to get on as we're like running through security um so long story short don't travel with me um and you, you should be safe but those those are my worst travel stories we're going to throw those in there because you know hey everyone's got to have a travel story and uh yeah I'm, I'm glad i'm not driving on the wrong side of the road with you um we'll go ahead and uh, make one transition here as we're driving uh staying in the south heading to charlotte we'll talk about that quarterback race a little bit james foster chris reynolds definitely going to be interesting and also um the spring game uh, weather was kind of an element i don't know if you caught this steve that they're projecting some bad weather in charlotte so still a little unsure as far as what's going to happen with their spring game but uh projected um to be offense versus defense mm, i'm excited to see james foster i feel like we know what chris reynolds is going to do so i'm like i think it's exciting to see can james foster come in and do enough to make that more of a competition or is Chris, Chris, is Chris Reynolds kind of hold on. So I think this is a spring game that kind of uh, maybe matters more than, than, than most of the other ones we've talked about for the simple fact, one quarterback's trying to dethrone the starting quarterback, if you will. Uh, so I'm just excited to see James Foster. Yeah. The projected weather for tomorrow in Charlotte is that we're taping on April 23rd. Their spring game will be the April, this will be the tomorrow, the 24th. There's a 100% chance of wind, uh, of, of wind, of rain, winds at about 16 miles an hour. So, yeah, weather will play an element. Uh, so they're still figuring out what exactly they are going to do there with the Niners. The other spring game that we will go ahead and take a look here is at, uh, God, oh, I'm just putting my notes here. We're heading down to Ruston, Conference USA, Louisiana Tech. Um, I had a chance to talk to Corey Diaz, be right there for the um, Monroe Star Tribune, if my memory serves right, that should be the publication. Apologies to Corey if I got that wrong. But here's the big thing. Uh, Luke Anthony, um, you know, with, with, with that game, as far as that's concerned, he's still recovering from offseason, you know, surgery. So but what Corey said is that his recovery is going really well, and it looks like he'll actually be projected to kind of be ready for the fall. But as of right now, it's Aaron Allen. So let's go ahead and take it away there with uh, Louisiana Tech. Yeah, so I think one, it'll be good just to see Aaron Allen to see if, you know, if he has a big spring game, that could bode well heading down to, into 
the fall. And when Luke Anthony comes back, if Aaron Allen has a, if Aaron Allen has a big spring game and keeps progressing, then uh, maybe that's just his job completely as last year. Luke, Luke Anthony was the main guy, but we saw a lot of uh, switching in and out going on throughout the season. Um, so just excited to see Aaron Allen again. And, and hopefully if he has a good game, then that will solidify things moving forward. But uh, probably not a ton of takeaways here, but Luke Anthony not being able to play till the fall. One of the big things with Tech, they still have plenty of talent at receiver, whether it's Griffin Bear, Smoke Harris, guys like that. You know, so um, whoever's quarterback in the Bulldogs definitely will have some guys to throw the football to. And I think the big thing that, you know, maybe we can kind of take a look back at this next week is if Aaron Allen gets, a, you know, a lot of the uh, attempts, you know, similar to like in Utah State with Andrew Peasley. If he gets 25, 30 attempts, then at least you have something solid on film you can kind of take a look at and see how he's progressed as well. But with that, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the QB Spotlight Podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter. First off, the podcast, at QB Spotlight. You can find myself on Twitter if you want Conference USA takes, hip-hop takes, you know, uh, tank top takes as well. Eric C. Henry underscore on Twitter. You can find the QB Guru. You'll find uh, quarterback takes and maybe some parenting advice at Stephen Hamner. That's S-T-E-B-E-N Hamner, H-A-M-N-E-R. You can find the podcast at NFL Draft Diamonds. Is that correct, Steve? Uh, yeah, at, exactly. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm getting it down. At NFL Draft Diamonds. It's at Draft Diamonds, and then it's NFLDraftDiamonds.com. So okay, at Draft Diamonds, and then NFLDraftDiamonds.com. Uh, they do a great job of spotlighting kind of that, you know, talent that we try to look at. Guys, maybe a little bit under the radar, Draft Diamonds on Twitter, at NFLDraftDiamonds.com. Last but certainly not least, you can see Stephen Hamner's pretty face, you know, for the women out there, uh, the, the 1% female audience that we have that wants to see Steve. You can find him on uh, video format, YouTube. Just punch in QB Spotlight, you will find the man himself. If you're looking for, um, you know, QB breakdowns and maybe a little bit of entertainment as well, you know, maybe we get a, a, a cameo from, you know, the newborn. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Never know. You see, that's incentive to, to tune in, right? Yep, never know. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a draft diamond right there. In about 18 years, we'll get him, uh, get him ready to go. But all jokes aside, want to thank you for listening. Again, we will get you through the offseason with as much QB content, as much football content as possible. And listen, we're open for open and willing for all feedback, whether that is things we're doing good, things we're doing bad, potential guests, people you want to hear from. Let us know. We will do our best to get them on. Thank you for listening. Happy football watching, everyone, and stay safe.